Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Remember, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast available on your favorite podcast app when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance in part one of his teaching in Revelation 15 called Righteous and True. So, Revelation 15, righteous and true are God's ways. Let's look at verse 1 together. And I saw, Revelation 15, 1, another sign. Two signs uh, were recorded for us in Revelation 12. We'll come to those in a second. But this, this other sign, Revelation 15, 1, was seen in heaven by John. The sign was great and marvelous. Seven angels who had seven plagues, the word plague there is Plague in Greek, it means a blow or a strike or a stroke. Seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, because in them the wrath of God is finished. So these are the famous bowls. We've heard about the trumpets, the trumpet judgments of God. Now these are the bowls. And in them, in the bowls, the wrath of God is finished. Now from the cross, Jesus said, it is Finished. What, what does that mean? Paid in full. And from the cross, when Jesus spoke those words, he was talking about the fact that the payment for sin had been made in full. In fact, they would mark bill of ledgers back in the day with a Greek word, a single Greek word called tetelestai. And that word, that single Greek word means paid in full or it is finished. I've mentioned this before, but back in the day, they used to have coupon books when you had a loan for a car. How many of you remember the coupon book? And if you ever got to that last coupon and actually paid off a vehicle, you, you would get the pink slip for that vehicle. And it's the idea of you've paid off the debt. It's paid in full. From the cross, Jesus said, it's paid in full. There's not one more penny that needs to be paid on that debt. The debt is sin. What Jesus accomplished at the cross was to pay the sin debt, to take the wrath of God to appease his holiness. However, if you are not in Christ, is that debt paid for you? Well, you could say the debt is paid, but you have to appropriate it. What does that mean? You have to make it your own. I could tell you I have a $10 million gift for you, but until you reach out your hand and receive the gift, it's not yours. I could say it's on account for you. It's been paid for you, but you must receive the gift. And so if you don't receive the gift of salvation, then what you can expect, sadly, is the terrifying reality of the wrath of God. Because God is holy and God is just. And so in these bold judgments, the wrath of God, look at the end of verse 1, is finished. It reaches its end or its goal. There will be a time when God's wrath is complete, when God's wrath is finished. The book of Romans chapter 2, I think it's verse 4, gives the idea that the wrath of God is being built up as people sin, wrath is built up. And since God is completely holy and just, For everything that's done wrong, God will recompense it. Think about that just for a second. Every little thing, every big thing, 
uh, everything that happens that is against uh, the holiness of God or an affront to God or breaking God's law, he will recompense because he is what? A perfect judge. That's why you don't want to face him on that day without the being cloaked in the finished work, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So the book of Romans indicates that wrath is being stored up for the day of wrath, almost like being stacked one bill, one debt upon another. People sometimes talk about how they have, you know, stacks of debt. Well, this is the picture of the Bible. That debt is obliterated in Jesus, but you must, again, uh, uh, receive that for yourself. And so here, the wrath of God is finished in these bold judgments. Now, when we came to Revelation 12, uh, we said that we had basically an interlude in the book. Revelation 12, 13, and 14 form a trilogy of thought to explain the conflict of the ages. There's been a conflict, and we saw two other signs. We see a sign in verse uh, 1 of chapter 15. Go back to chapter 12 just for a second. Chapter 12, and you're going to see two signs, same Greek word here. There was a great sign, 12, 1, that appeared in heaven. All these signs are in heaven as John sees them. You have a woman. The woman, Bible students, is who? Israel. In verse 3 of chapter 12, another sign appears in heaven. That's a great red, red dragon. And who is that? That's Satan. So the interlude of these two signs, and by the way, the, the word sign only appears three times in Revelation. Once in Revelation 15, 1, and then the two times I just showed you in Revelation 12. Same Greek word, these three signs. And the, the first two in Revelation 12 explain this conflict of the ages. This woman, Israel, ready to give birth to a male child. And this red, terrible dragon waiting to devour her child. He just wants to get rid, rid of the hope of the world. The conflict has been really, uh, the nation of Israel has taken the brunt of persecution. And the Messiah is going to come. And the Messiah is going to deal with the sin issue. So the dragon wants to destroy the one who gives us hope. But that male child is protected. He's taken up to, into heaven. He's protected by God himself. And so this is the conflict that's been happening. The great sign, the woman, 12-1. The dragon, 12-3. Go back to 15-1. And this other sign in heaven, it's great and marvelous, is the plagues. These bold judgments that will be explained further in chapter 16. In them, the wrath of God is finished. Can you praise God for his justice? Do we have uh, very many worship songs today that we could think about praising God that he is just? I think we have songs about God's holiness, which is wonderful. Holy, holy, holy. Uh, but think about these uh, subjects and look ahead just for a second to Revelation 15 and look at verse 3. They sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the song of the Lamb. And they said, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord, God the Almighty. Righteous and true are thy ways, thou King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify thy name? They sang the song of Moses, 15.3. And they sang, Who will not fear and glorify your name? Flip over to Revelation 16. As the bold judgments begin to be unleashed, here's what it says. And I heard, 16.5, the angel of the water saying, Righteous art thou who art and who wast, and O holy one, because thou did judge these things. 
for they poured out the blood of the saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink. Notice this, they deserve it. And I heard the altar saying, yes, O Lord God, the almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Go to Revelation 19 for a second. Revelation 19 says these words, verse one. After these things, I heard as it were a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, hallelujah. Well, that's what we love to sing, right? Hallelujah. What's hallelujah mean? Praise the Lord. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God because his what? His judgments are true and righteous for he has judged the great harlot who was corrupting the earth with her immorality and he has avenged the blood of his bondservants on her. And a second time they said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. How's that for a Sunday morning chorus? Hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. Hallelujah. Can you imagine a first time visitor coming into the church? Hey, I heard about these Christian songs that you guys sing. What are you singing about? Her smoke rises up forever and ever. I heard about the song I can sing of your love forever, but her smoke goes up forever. What are you talking about? What I'm talking about, if you turn back to Revelation 15, is the Bible. What I'm talking about is the word of God. What we just got a little window into is the praise and worship of heaven. And it includes not only God's mercy, and we've seen heaven celebrating God's mercy in Revelation 5. Thou did purchase for God men of every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. We saw in Revelation 7, the people waving the palm branches, praising God for the lamb and the blood of the lamb and salvation to our God and to the lamb. Remember that? We've seen that. But we also see the other, if I can put it this way, aspect of God's nature, which he is also praised for, and that is his justice. I mean, we just saw again in New York City, people mowed down in a terrorist attack. And we're seeing this over and over again. And let me ask you this question. At what what place in God's character does vengeance have? Well, you'll see in these places when God is being praised for his wrath, what is being said is this is what they did to your people and you have recompensed your people. God is going to right every single wrong, you guys. He's going to rule Jesus's in the millennial kingdom with a rod of iron. He is holy. He is an awesome judge. He is a loving God. And in fact, throughout the book of Revelation, we're going to see God trying to save people from his own wrath. Don't take the mark of the beast, because if you do, you're going to drink the full cup of the, of the wrath of God in full me- measure, mixed, unmixed, man. You're going to gulp it down, the dregs and all. But you don't have to, because Jesus drank that bitter cup for you. God loves you, but God is still an awesome judge a consuming fire. And these bold judgments are the judgments that are going to flow out from God. In Revelation 16, 1, if you look ahead for a second, it says, I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go, 16, 1, and pour out the seven bowls of the wrath of God 
into the earth. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from Scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text "step closer" as one word to 33222. Again, that's "step closer" as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called "A Step Closer," and you can text "step closer" as one word to 33222. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the seven-sealed scroll, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the mark of the beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. He's going to rule Jesus's in the millennial kingdom with a rod of iron. He is holy. He is an awesome judge. He is a loving God. And in fact, throughout the book of Revelation, we're going to see God trying to save people from his own wrath. Don't take the mark of the beast, because if you do, you're going to drink the full cup of the, of the wrath of God in full me- measure, mixed, unmixed, man. You're going to gulp it down, the dregs and all. But you don't have to, because Jesus drank that bitter cup for you. God loves you, but God is still an awesome judge, a consuming fire. And these bold judgments are the judgments that are going to flow out from God. In Revelation 16.1, if you look ahead for a second, it says, I heard a loud voice from the temple saying, to the seven angels, go, 16.1, and pour out the seven bowls of the wrath of God into the earth. Revelation 15 is the precursor setting the table for the wrath of God, which is coming. In 1619, if you look ahead just for a second, it says, the great city was split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell and Babylon the great was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of his fierce wrath. And so God has been storing up his wrath and he has fixed a day, according to the apostle Paul in Acts 17, when he will judge the world in righteousness. You can see this in Matthew 25 when Jesus separates the sheep from the goats and he puts the ones on his left and the others on his right. And there are some who say, you know, when did we see you hungry and thirsty and in prison and sick? And Jesus says, when you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me or for me. But for those who didn't, he says, you didn't do it for me. And so we can see 
that in people's works, we're not saved by works, but works certainly complete the testimony of faith. And now God's wrath is going to be poured out on the unbelieving world. Not without warning, not without witness of angels flying in the midheaven with the everlasting gospel, not with thousands and thousands of years of God's mercy and him not giving us what we deserve and people saying, well, where's the promise of his coming ever since the fathers fell asleep? All things remain as they were from the beginning of creation. And Peter says, don't let this escape your notice that God with God one day is as a thousand years, right? And a thousand years is one day. God is not slack about his promises as some count slackness, but he's patient toward you, not willing that what? Any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So you have to see that even when you're wrestling with this idea of God's wrath, that he's been extremely patient. If you were God, and some pipsqueak was shaking his fist at you for the hundredth time in that day and using your name in vain. How patient would you be? Having all knowledge of every event, every thought, every action, every omission as God does. How patient is God? How patient has he been with you? Hmm. That's something to put into the, uh, the thinking process when you wrestle with the wrath of God. I mean, God has not poured out his wrath yet. But in history, he has shown that he comes to a point when enough is enough, as some of us parents have voiced in history past. Enough is enough. And then we had a flood, a worldwide flood. And then we had Sodom and Gomorrah. And another uh, time is coming when God is going to judge and he is going to make new heavens and a new earth. Before the interlude, if you go back to Revelation 11, we saw these uh, verses. Remember, uh, Revelation 11 uh, depicted what many believe is the second coming of Jesus. And then we had 12, 13, and 14, which kind of gave us a look at the conflict of the ages explaining history. In eleven fifteen, if you look, it says, the seventh angel sounded and there arose loud voices in heaven saying the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. The 24 elders, 1116, who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God saying, we give thanks to thee. We give thee thanks, O Lord God, the almighty who art and who wast, because thou hast taken thy great power and hast begun to reign. And the nations were enraged and thy wrath came. And the time came for the dead to be judged. This is, seems to be at the culmination of, of history, the consummation, the time to give their reward to thy bondservants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to those who fear thy name, the small and the great, and to destroy those who destroy the earth. And the temple of God, which is in heaven, was opened, and the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple. And there were flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder, and an earthquake, and a great hailstorm. Now just note that when you come to the end of chapter 11, you begin chapter 12 with that first great sign. I've told you 12, 13, and 14, kind of pause the tape, if you will, pause the DVD, take us back to the big picture, and then Revelation 15 picks it up again with the third sign. And I saw another sign. Everybody with me? 
12.3, signs. 15.1, after the interlude, I saw another sign in heaven. In 12.1 and 12.3, the sign of the woman in heaven, the sign of the dragon in heaven, the conflict of the ages. In 15.1, another sign, now the judgment. God's response to the conflict, if you will, is that he is going to judge. He is going to judge for all the persecution that's come against his people. And I believe this would include his people Israel and the church. It's going to be divine payback time. It's going to be time when we wonder, well, what happened to all these people who, you know, even today, if you can stand to look at the reports of the Middle East and hear what's happening to our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, it is absolutely staggering what is happening to children and to moms and dads in the Middle East. Things that, you know, we don't want to look at. And one day, those things will be recompensed. God will judge. And I saw, 15.2, as it were, a sea of glass. We saw this sea of glass in Revelation 4.6 before the throne of God. So this scene, again, is in heaven right before the throne. I saw, Revelation 15.2, as it were, a sea of glass mixed with fire. And those who had come off victorious, that's where we get the word Nike, Nikao, from the beast, And from his image, from the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, holding harps of God, something like an ancient guitar. Next, we see this sea of glass. Uh, My wife is uh, one who's responsible for most of the graphics in the church. So she said, well, what's the main image of Revelation 15? So I said, a sea of glass that's mixed with fire. Can you, how can you do with that image? It's a weird combination of images, isn't it? When you think of a sea of glass, you might think of a glassy uh, sea if you're a water skier, a glassy uh, lake. That's kind of the ideal conditions uh, to, to go ahead and water ski on. If it's glassy and you're a surfer, it's cool as long as the waves are good. So if it's glassy and not choppy, surfers love that as long as the, the, the swell's not one foot. But if it's glassy and it's good waves, then it's like, dude, yeah, going to get some barrels, man. You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This has been part one of his teaching in Revelation chapter 15 called Righteous and True. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment, but I'd like to remind you that Walk in Truth is a program supported by our faithful listeners. And we could use a little help from you as well. We would love to broadcast Walk in Truth on more stations across the nation so we can help more people like you learn from the Bible on their daily commute. To provide them with understandable teachings of each book during their busy day. Not just on radio, but on podcast too. But we need more funds to make that possible. If you would consider walking together with us on this mission, a monthly commitment of at least $5 goes a long way. Would you be able to make that commitment? We'll send you a thank you gift for becoming a monthly partner. To give online, visit walkintruth.com and click the donate button at the top. That's walkintruth.com. If you would like to mail in your donation, please make your check or money order out to Walk in Truth. And our mailing address is Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth. P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878.
Thanks for your partnership on this mission to reach out with God's Word. Now, here's Pastor Michael. I'd love to remind you that you can get teaching in the book of Revelation. You can get a DVD teaching on the seven seals from Revelation 6, the 144,000 and the great multitude from Revelation 7. You can learn more about the mark of the beast or the new heaven and new earth. We have these in a DVD format so you can actually see the teaching as it was presented with video. And you can check that out today as you go to walkintruth.com and click on the store tab. Check it out today. Get a product for yourself or for a friend or both. And remember, when you buy something, you're partnering with us at Walk in Truth. Now, remember, friend, you're always invited to come to church at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in this city of Corona, where I have the honor and privilege of serving as senior pastor. We have two services every Sunday. One's at 9, the other's at 11, 15 a.m. The church is right off the 91 freeway in Lincoln Avenue. The address is 1009 Arsenal Way. That's 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona. To get all the information, directions, access, a lot of resources, download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Just look for the red logo with the pillars. Download it today. Make sure you check out the podcasting as well. And I hope to see you this Sunday. But if I don't see you, make sure you're somewhere in church in that strong Bible teaching church. Be sure to come back tomorrow to hear part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Revelation chapter 15 called Righteous and True. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.